Uh, I, I thought Megs had a great word this morning, and it basically, I think it's my preach. So Megs, come in, would you come and share that? And then I'll sit down, and you can just carry on. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm just going to figure out which glasses I've got to wear. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this morning when we were praying um, for Stoffy. Stoffy's my name for Chris. <laughs> um, we, we were praying, and I was just reminded of the story of Mary in, in Luke, where it says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And, you know, the story of Mary, this humble lady, virgin, um, and the Holy Spirit, the power of the Most High came upon her and overshadowed her. And she conceived in her virgin womb a child that would change the history of the planet. And that, I just, the Lord was just, he just said to me, that same Holy Spirit wants to overshadow each one of us. Today and every day, he wants to overshadow us and empower him, us, from the power of the Most High. He wants to empower us that we would also change the, the history of our, our way we live. Thank you. Isn't that beautiful? I think uh, we're still carrying on from an overflow of our fast. I don't know about for you, but I think for me, the fast was an incredible time. I desperately needed it this year. And, um, and I felt God speak to us. And we've been sort of three weeks in that space. Francois spoke about God's love and faithfulness so beautifully two weeks ago. If you haven't heard it, I'd encourage you. Go and listen to it. And Nick spoke so beautifully last week about us being in an atmosphere of love and God gifting us with his gifts by the Holy Spirit and us growing in the fruits of the Spirit by an atmosphere of love. And I, for me, I think something that God's been working in me and is still, and I pray we continue to for the rest of our lives. I think Abs and I have been enjoying just being able to um, prepare. I think this has probably been one of my best preparations for a preach. To be able to think about the Holy Spirit and to be able to look at Scripture. And I just felt the weight being lifted off of me. Um, because there's something more for us than what we currently are experiencing, always. And not just experiencing, but are able to, to accomplish through our lives. And I read this passage, and it seems like such a simple one, but it's in Galatians 3.14, and he said, it says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham, remember Abraham, that great man of faith, might come to the Gentiles, you and me, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I absolutely loved that passage. Incredible passage, because I think I'd, I, I understand Abraham's blessing, faith, understand salvation in Christ, and understand that faith. But then it says that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I must be honest, I feel like I had almost forgotten him, the precious Spirit of God, who's the, 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 the guarantee of our salvation, the one who's, the, the, the outpouring that Jesus was meant to bring when he was um, um, crucified, I'd almost forgotten him. And trying to just do things in life, and I think Abs and I with two young ones, you know, they're all consuming, you sort of, you get stuck in a survival mentality. As a Christian, you get stuck in this place where you just need to get done with the things that you need to get done, and you need to carry on doing this and carry on doing that, and somehow we got to the place where we were just surviving. If I can just be honest. And I think something of during the fast, I remember I was walking down on the trail and I was praying and I just felt God say, just lift up your hands. 
Just lift up your hands and start giving me a picture which I shared at the um, end of the, the fast with the ship that's, that's got these massive sails that are meant to be lifted up, but they were all sort of lowered down. And, and instead, we were busy rowing with oars on this incredible sail ship that was meant to be powered by the wind. But instead of being powered by the wind, it was, it was trying to be man-fed to be able to move to where it was needing to go. And I just felt God speak to me there. And I just felt him just minister for, for me personally. And I, and I hope it's for us. I trust that it's for us. As a ship, it's more than just me. I can't row that thing by myself. But we can get stuck trying to row, trying to work, trying to do the things of God, trying to accomplish spiritual battles with physical power rather than accomplishing spiritual battles with spiritual power. And I felt God just say, lift up your sails. Lift up your sails and let me come and empower you to do the work that you need to do. You can't do this out of your own strength. It's impossible. And I felt myself being tired and maybe it's just me, but, um, but I hope something of that will, will come out today as we, as we look at the gift and the beauty and the wonder of the preciousness of the Holy Spirit. And what I thought we could do is I want to just walk us through Scripture, just from, from Genesis all the way through the Bible. And, uh, and I want to just touch on certain aspects of the Holy Spirit. And my, my prayer is that as we hear, as we hear the Word of God, faith will begin to arise in us to be able to receive the wonder of who He is again. Not by might, nor my power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And in the beginning... Genesis 1 verse 2, now the earth was formless and void and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We see him hovering there and he, he lands up bringing creativity and order. He's the, the wonderful agent of God's word who, who begins to make things happen. He brings beauty and, and just an, an incredible life to what is dead and formless and void as he does with each of us. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Lord God formed man. And from the dust, out of the ground. And what did he do? He breathed. That same word is, is spirit. He breathed the ruach of God into his nostrils, the breath of life. And man became a living being. Just such a beautiful picture of life and intimacy, closeness. I love that he wasn't far and distant from his, his beautiful creation. But I can imagine he must have gripped his head almost and, and breathed life into him. Not a beautiful picture. The Holy Spirit, just, just active and present in creation. And you've got to take the natural and the physical. And he's like that with each of us in our new birth. It's impossible to be born again but by the Spirit of God. And we see then the Holy Spirit beginning to fill people, certain people throughout history for certain tasks that God called them to. And the first one that we see is in Exodus 31. Bezalel, all the artists love him, and I think they should. The Lord said to Moses, See, I've chosen Bezalel, son of Uri. I love that, chosen. Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of her of the tribe of Juba, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom and understanding and knowledge, with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. Beautiful. To cut and set stones and to work with wood and engage in all kinds of crafts. Isn't this an incredible passage? Hey? God filling this man with incredible wisdom and understanding and knowledge and skills and crafts and creativity. His hands became like a, an avenue for God to display his beauty through. Isn't that amazing for those of you who work in creative um, fields or even I think all of us need to be creative. 
all of us have been given the wonder and the beauty of being able to display something of the, the gift of God through our lives and through our hands. Numbers 11, we see Moses getting awfully tired by leadership, bless him, with a, a very difficult people. Excuse me, and in Numbers 11, he says, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And the Lord says to Moses, bring me 70 um, of Israel's elders to whom you know are leaders and officials among the people and have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. And I will come down and speak to you there and I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Isn't that beautiful? Moses, this beautiful mediator of God, this picture of Christ where God takes some of the spirit that's on him and gives it, distributes it to other people that they would be able to carry the burden of leadership with Moses. Wonderful picture, just looking forward to the, the coming of Christ who would do the same thing. And he says that in verse 25, the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with them and he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and he put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. We'll see this again and again. People begin to prophesy when the Spirit of God comes on them. That's why I loved Meg sharing that word this morning. But they did not so, do so again. Interesting statement. However, two men whose name were Eldad and Medad, they got left in the camp. I don't know why. Maybe they were sick or something, but they were there. And they missed this incredible Holy Spirit meeting. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. You're like, oh, you hear somebody talking about, man, you guys should have been there. It was wild. Somebody's arm grew, you know, and you think like, oh, I wasn't there, now what, you know, and you feel like your chance is gone. But, um, but this is beautiful. I love this story. They remained in camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet, the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. And then a young man ran out, ran, ran, sorry, ran out and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Then Joshua, son of Nun, in his youth exuberance, who had been with Moses, or who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. And Moses says something beautiful. Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. Isn't that beautiful? God's desire is that his spirit would be on all of them. Even throughout the Old Testament, we see that, but, but for reasons we'll see, he didn't yet. Numbers 27, verse 18, Joshua, beautiful man. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eliezer, the priest, and the entire assembly, and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority. Isn't that beautiful? Some of your authority, so that the whole Israelite community will obey him. This beautiful picture of leadership and authority. The Holy Spirit brings you authority in your life. Love that. And then we see throughout the book of Judges, Othniel, who was a man who God raised up, the Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he became Israel's judge, and they went out and they won a war. Judges 6.34, we know Gideon, this man who was sort of hiding away, and this angel comes up to him and says, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. And he's like this scared man, fearful man, who is busy hiding because they're so oppressed. And, uh, and he wins this incredibly great victory um, with the power of the Spirit coming upon him. Judges 13, 25, we see Samson. We all know about Samson, this infamous slash famous man who um, had this incredible gift of strength but didn't have the greatest character, but God used him. The Spirit of the Lord came so powerfully upon him so that he tore a lion apart with his bare hands. My word. 
as one might have torn a young goat. I don't even think I could do that to a young goat. <laughs> but here's this incredible man filled with the Spirit of God for a, a, a task. He was given to, to, to push the Philistines back. 1 Samuel 9.10, we see Saul. And uh, Samuel's busy speaking to him, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them. Talking about a group of prophets. And you will be changed into a different person. All these little pictures. Can you see these pictures of things that, that are to come? And, um, and we see when he and his servants arrived at Gibeah, or Gibeah, whatever you say, a, a, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and they joined in their, prof um, their prophesying. Uh, sorry, I forgot before that verse 9. It says that God changed Saul's heart. Love that. A changed heart. So we see people at specific times being filled with a specific task at hand. Then we begin to see these prophecies or promises of God in the Old Testament about what will come one day. And we see in Isaiah 44, verse 3. Maybe you could put that up. I think they have been put up. I love this passage. I haven't stopped thinking about it. And it says, For I will pour water on a thirsty ground and streams on a dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by, by flowing streams. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord's, and will take the name of Israel. Isn't that a beautiful prophecy? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Can you, can you receive that word? For I will pour out water on thirsty ground. I, I just love that, that thirsty. Do you thirst for God? Are you thirsty? And streams on the dry ground, I'll pour out my spirit. There's this generational promise, this blessing to your offspring. There's this promise of abundance and life and, and growth and security and belonging and identity. There's this promise of family when the day comes when God will pour out his spirit upon all people. Incredible. Ezekiel 36, again, just a beautiful promise and prophecy. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will, pour, I will put my spirit in you, I love this, and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep all my laws. This is like the New Testament throughout the Old Testament. Beautiful. You see this washing, purity. It says, I will, I will cleanse you from all your impurities. Perhaps that, that's for you today. It speaks about giving a new heart, a new spirit, salvation, removing an old heart, the old man dying, putting my spirit in you and moving you to follow my decrees. Obedience, coming through the power of the spirit. Incredible. Joel 2, 28. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on, what does it say? All flesh. Can you say that with some passion, people? All flesh. Every person. I will pour out my spirit on every person who comes to me. Your sons and your daughters, young and old, will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. All people. All generations, young and old, men and women, pour out my spirit, a new age will come. Isn't that incredible? 
Can you imagine the sense of anticipation hearing this prophecy, hearing about what's happened to these other men of old who've done incredible feats in the power of the Spirit, and God saying, I will do that on all flesh. Can you imagine the sense of anticipation and wonder and longing for that age to come? Can you imagine? I would have been like, I can't wait for that. And then, that was 800 years BC, 400 years, nothing happens. And then God goes quiet for 400 years. What a letdown. It seems. Can you imagine? I would have been so like, Lord, where are you? Can you imagine the cries coming up from his people during those 400 years of, of, of silence, waiting for this time for the Holy Spirit to be poured out? And then, and then, John 1:33. John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove, and remain on him, talking about Jesus. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me, talking about the Father, sent me to baptize with water, told me, the one on who you see the Holy Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's a man filled with the Spirit. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Can you imagine the sense of excitement building again in this Hebrew people who've been waiting for this promised spirit to, be, to come again and to fill these people that they would be able to enter into the new age? Matthew 3.14, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And as soon as Jesus has baptized, verse 16, he went out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, who I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Probably the greatest sentence that can ever be spoken over you in Christ. This is my Son, or my daughter, who I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Man, if we could receive that, I think we would be a powerful people. This is my son. The Spirit descending on Jesus, bringing him a sense of security, bringing him a sense of affection, love, love for himself, the Father loving on his son, identity, reassurance, a sense of, of, of settledness. Are you that? Are you settled as a son and as a daughter? Have you had the love of God poured into your heart? Are you secure? Are you steady? Are you steadfast in all that you do? Because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to come and do in our lives. Then Jesus' first miracle at a party, at a, at a wedding, he turns this water into wine, these ceremonial jars of just doing things day in, day out. Can you imagine 400 years of having to do the same thing with very little from God in return? And then the ceremonial jars are filled and then new wine is poured out. There's a sense of celebration and wonder and even a sense of intoxication that's, that's coming to the people of God. You see Jesus again, John 4, he begins to have this conversation with a Samaritan woman. And she's busy, been married a couple of times. We're not too sure why, if it's from her or if she's been thrown away by men and used. We're not quite sure, but it says, if you knew the gift of God, when Jesus asks her for water, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Living water. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, talking about earthly water, 
will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Isn't that beautiful? Can you imagine what this must have been like for this lady? I mean, for whatever reason, just discarded four times or now with the fifth one and the fifth one doesn't even want to seem to marry her. And here comes this man busy speaking about living water. She would know what thirst is. And can you imagine these words? Jesus saying, you can come to me and I will give you living water so that you will never thirst again. And in, inside of you will be rivers of living water that would well up, that would constantly satisfy you for all of life. Can you imagine that what it must have done for that lady? And not just that lady, but for us. John seven thirty six, On the last day and the greatest day of the festival, this is the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. It's incredible. This is in the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a feast that is to celebrate the wonder of God's provision in the wilderness through the days of, of, of their journeying through the wilderness. And it's incredible. Often, as I looked up at this, they would read this passage. That's why he says, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And Zechariah 14, 8 says, on, the day, on that day, living water will flow out from Jerusalem. It's amazing. He's in Jerusalem. Half of it to the east. And, and to the Dead Sea and half to the west, to the Mediterranean Sea in summer and winter. The Lord will be king over the whole earth. On that day, there'll be one Lord and the name, and, and his name, the only name. Incredible. That would have been read through this festival. Jesus busy saying now, anyone who is thirsty, come to me. Speaking about the promise of the Messiah being fulfilled in him and that through him, the rivers of living water would begin to flow. But then Jesus said something else. He says, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. It's incredible. One of the ways that God provided in the wilderness is through Moses striking a rock. And out of the rock came what? Will love them. Oh, isn't that a beautiful promise? My Father will love them. And we, Father, Spirit, Son, will come to them and make our home with them. Isn't that incredible? Father, Spirit, Son, making his home with you, dwelling with you, being filled with the presence and the power of God. John 14, 26, all this I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the one who will fight on your behalf, the one who will counsel for you, the one who will help you, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. I love that. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Can you imagine these disciples busy trying to figure out exactly what's going on? Jesus saying these things, them often making a mess up, often doing the wrong thing. Then Jesus is busy speaking, speaking to them about this time that will come. Can you imagine just the, the peace that, okay, it's not about me. I will send somebody to help you. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God, because I think so often I've tried and messed up and, and put all my effort in and never seem to have achieved. And yet Jesus says to you, I will come 
and I will help you. And then, after the resurrection, you see Jesus coming back to his disciples. And uh, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead, the rock being, being smashed on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in, the name, in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. He had been speaking about this from, from eternity past or from um, throughout the Old Testament. And, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. A different power, not your own. A given power, an imputed power. One that's given by God to you to empower you to be witnesses to what I've called you to. Isn't that beautiful? Clothed with power from on high. You could pray for that every morning. Lord, would you clothe me with power from on high to be your witness in this world that you've called me to? Absolutely love that. And then the book of Acts. This gets so exciting. You guys okay? Are you there? Are you feeling God stir you up? I've loved prepping this. My word, I just literally just thought through Scripture as a whole and and thinking about the wonder of this promise that we are given, this man, this person, Jesus, by his Spirit. Acts 1 verse 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. I've spoken about that as well. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates my Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. This global gospel project that each of us is called onto will be empowered by his Spirit to be witnesses into all places across the earth. When the day of Pentecost came, They were all together in one place, all together in one place. The gathered church. There's no, I I, I have very little time for people who have individual Christian lives. The gathered church, all together in one place. Scripture speaks about it. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Can you say each of them? Each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Beautiful moment of all of these prophecies All of these promises in the Old Testament, everything that Jesus was speaking about, now being fulfilled in a moment. Man, I would have loved to have been there. Although, I think we still get to experience just as much of that. 2 verse 17, now everybody thought they were drunk. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. This prophecy is busy being fulfilled in your presence. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they 
will prophesy. Amazing, Moses' words, I wish that all my people would prophesy. All of them would be filled. Beautiful moment. The Holy Spirit being poured out upon the people of God. Acts 4 verse 8, a little bit further on. They're busy journeying as the church now. That was the beginning of this new age, which Jesus had spoken about. And now people being filled with the Spirit, and the gospel begins to start flowing out. And now what happens? Persecution arises because there's a power struggle between the kingdom of dark, darkness and the kingdom of light. So there's persecution against the church. And Peter and, and, and James and John are experiencing something of this. In Acts 4 verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers, and elders of the people. I love that. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit for the ministry that God has called you to? You see this throughout the book of Acts, people needing to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit to do what God has called them to. Acts 4.33, with great power, the apostles, I love that, with great power, the apostles continued to testify. The power allows them to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy people among them. Isn't that incredible? Acts 6 verse 3, this moment where the deacons are being established because they're needing to try and get a little bit of order in the church. And brothers and sisters, choose seven men, sorry, seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. As I was praying, I just felt there, there are too many leaders, too many deacons that are not filled with the Spirit. Too many that have been given a task of leadership but have somehow ebbed out of being filled with the Spirit to do what God has called them to. Too many leaders not raising their hands and worshiping and exalting Christ. Too many leaders not being empowered by God to do what they've been called to. I speak to myself. <laughs> I speak to myself. It's impossible to do what God has called us to do without being filled by the power of His Spirit. It's impossible. Their proposal pleased the group and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it just goes on and on. Acts 8, 18. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria or Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, what did they do? They prayed for the new believers there and that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. You see these people committing their lives to Jesus, true believers, yet not living in the power of the Spirit. I've, I've wrestled through this before because a lot of teachers will say, you, you, you are filled with the Spirit at conversion only. And I do believe that at conversion, you do and are only able to be born again by the power of the Spirit. But I feel that there's more. And we see that as we go through the book of Acts. And this is one of those key texts that speaks about you can be a believer who's placed their faith in Christ, but not be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's, a, it's, it's a tragedy, I feel. It's a tragedy because, because he's the one who's supposed to enable you to fulfill the call of God on your life to do what you need to do. 
We see again in Acts 19, uh, sorry, 9, verse 17. Then Ananias went to um, the house of Saul and he entered and placing his hands, sorry, Acts 9, verse 4. First thing, Paul, um, he sees something of this blinding light where Jesus comes and speaks to him. And he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus. He has this beautiful encounter, beautiful encounter with God. And then he, again, later goes down and Ananias, we don't hear anything else about Ananias, this random guy. I love that. Random man, not a superpower Christian, just a man. Heard Jesus and obeyed. And he went down, to the, went down to the house and he entered and he placed his hands on Saul and he said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, which means that he's a believer. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 44. There's this beautiful moment where Paul is sent down to Cornelius' house where um, this man has received a vision and has a real desire for God. And he goes down there. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Isn't that beautiful? Preaching of the word, people being filled with the Spirit. Acts 13, verse 9, then Paul, who was also called, sorry, Saul, who was also called Paul. I just love this, filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, we see Paul filled with the Holy Spirit. Looked straight at Elimas and said, you are a child of the devil. How's that? Anybody tried that this week? You are a child of the devil and the enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of our Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. It's an incredible authoritative statement that he makes against the demonic powers and forces of the world. But he needs to be, what? Filled with the Spirit. We cannot do that unless we are filled with the Spirit of God in the ministry that he has called us to. And I love that. You see again and again, the people of God need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Acts 13.52. So they shook the dust of their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy. Man, I've loved that. I think for Abs and I, these last three weeks, I think there's been a greater sense of joy that we haven't experienced in a long time, purely because we've had a heightened awareness and desire for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives that doesn't depend on us. Man, we've enjoyed that. In our marriage, in our parenting, in our ministry, they were all filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that incredible? My last scripture. Thank you for walking through scripture with me. And while Apollos was at Corinth, this is a, a, a group of believers that who are eagerly desiring God. And, and they, he comes to Ephesus and he lands up having this conversation with them. And he speaks to these, these um, disciples. And he says, then he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one who was coming after him. That is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, 
and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Isn't that beautiful? This group of believers on hearing, which is why I wanted to go through Scripture, because I believe faith comes through hearing the Word of God, hearing the Word of God. Now, I pray that faith has arisen in you to desire the Spirit of God more and more. That's why I've wanted to do that. And to close, there's, there's three things that, I, that I, I felt. And one is, do you believe this? And I know it's a simple question, but do you truly believe that you can be filled by the Holy Spirit? I've had to wrestle through that. And I felt God landed it for me. I've had to wrestle theologically. I had to go through these texts. I had to ask God to show me in his word. And, and I believe this. I believe that you and that we, as the people of God, can be filled with the presence and the Spirit of God. Faith comes through hearing, Romans 10, 17 says. Do you believe that the invitation is open to you, to everyone, to all? Or do you feel like it's for a select few? I love that Ananias and Elias prayed for Saul, because Saul is often seen as this incredible man, who he is, but he was prayed for by a, a, a humble man. And, and through that, the Holy Spirit given to him, he was able to um, do incredible, empowered missions and ministries of God because he was filled with the Spirit of God. Do you believe that you can be filled, not based on who you are and not based on what you've done, but based on what Christ has done? And I, I'm, I don't wanna, I'm careful here because I don't want to throw away the spiritual disciplines. I understand that. And I think there's a beautiful move towards us um, creating a space where we allow ourselves to be filled with the Spirit of God. But what can happen is we can, we can tend to rely on what we've done to be filled by God rather than the, the outpouring of God on us, not based on what we've done. Because so often I think so many of us think of, I haven't done this or I haven't done that or I need to do more of this or whatever. And I love Paul's word in, in Galatians. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And I feel like I can get like that, and Christians can get like that. We have this beautiful spiritual encounter at the start, but then we, we, we feel like we need to now make sure that we complete it by our own strength and our own ability. And, and so often we find out, and I know, I, this is me. You, you need to prepare for life group. You need to make sure that you're having a date night. You need to make sure that the kids survive, let alone thrive. You need, to, you need to make sure that you're getting your workspace done. You need to make sure that you're doing this. And you think, oh, my hat. Lord. And I almost feel like God's saying, do you believe that it's from me that you will be filled by my spirit? Put everything else aside. Put everything that you've done aside. Because I think so often we try and do the spiritual disciplines unempowered. It's amazing when, I, when I've just received from God, I've wanted to be in his presence more. I've longed to read his word. I want to pray. Why? Because it's empowered by the spirit of God, not by my own effort. And I think it's both and, but you can't throw the one out. And I think sometimes what happens is we, we throw this out and just receive from God. Second thing, I think there are Christians that think they're filled with the Spirit, 
that are not. They've placed their faith in Christ. They've accepted the truth that salvation is through nobody else but Jesus. But they haven't had a definite experience with the Spirit of God that empowers them to be able to proclaim the wonders of Jesus. And I've seen that through Scripture, and I hope I've made that clear. And it may be that you need to wrestle through that, but it may be that you know that that's you. That that is you, that I have placed my faith in Jesus, but I just feel unempowered to be able to do what He's called me to do and to proclaim the wonders of who He is, and I just am scared. And I, I love Mark's testimony, Mark Mills. And I wanted him to come and share, but he'd hate me for it. So I'll, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. But I love, I love his story. He said he was quieter than the quietest person you know in this church. He, he had placed his faith in Jesus. No doubt that he loved him, but wasn't fulfilling the call in his life and needed a definite experience with the Holy Spirit that unlocked something inside of him to be able to do what God had called him to do. And I love, for him it was actually, he was given a gift of tongues and he just said that something unlocked, uh, when I was wrestling through this theologically, Mark, you're not going to go to Mark and wrestle through things theologically. I just went and sat with him. I said, Mark, speak to me. Tell me. I was getting stuck in the scriptures. And he just said to me, he said, I don't know what happened. I don't know why. I don't know what. But I know that when I received the gift of tongues, when I was filled with the spirits, something unlocked in me and I was able, I became bold like a lion. If you know Mark, he's got a, a skin as thick as a rhino. I mean, that's Mark. Something happened. Something changed. There was a definite experience. I love that in the, the, the guys in Ephesus, when they were asked, were you filled with the Holy Spirit? They said, no. They knew they hadn't been. Then Paul says, well, you need to be. You need to be. And, and, and he prayed for them. And there was a definite moment when they were filled with the Spirit of God to be able to do what God called them to. And I, I know people get nervous because there's been weird things that have happened throughout history. And some of them I think are God, and some of them I think are not. And we can get nervous here, but I think God wants to empower his people to do what he's called them to. Ultimately, it says, you will receive power to be my witnesses. My witnesses, you'll be able to, you'll find courage to witness about Jesus, because that's what we are called to do. You may receive other things with that. You may receive incredible joy. You may laugh. You, I'm not going for that. I want you to be empowered to, to, to do what God has called you to do for you to take a step forward and, and to be bold in what he's called you to to, to, to find the purpose of God in your life and for you to be able to freely proclaim the wonders of Jesus that other people would be able to receive and be born again as well. And the third thing, I think all of us as Christians need a fresh baptism for Christ-exalting ministry. Some of you have been Christians a long time, and you need to ask again, and, and I, I, I was here, Lord, would you again fill me with your spirit? Not by what I've done, but would you just pour your spirit out upon me so that I can continue to live and move and minister with a sense of joy and power and authority because I feel like I've lost something of that. That's the third, I, I think I've spoken about that enough. Amen. Can, can, can we stand together? Can we stand? Can the band come up? And I've asked the band to, 
prepare a song, and it's, it's called, uh, what's it called? Fresh Wind. It's called Fresh Wind because I think it's something that all of us can worship and, and pray for and cry out to God for. But, so I think this is a word for all of us. Um, and some of you may be filled with the Spirit right now, and I would say just continue to enjoy receiving from your God. But I, I felt to call one group of people specifically forward today. And, and if, as I've been speaking to, through this word, if you are in that, that second category where you know that you've placed your faith in Jesus, and I would even say if you want to place your faith in Jesus today, I'll invite you forward as well. But if you, if you know that you need to be baptized by the Spirit, I want to invite you forward today for no other reason than for somebody to lay their hands on you and for you to have the opportunity to receive the empowering presence of God in your life. And, uh, and if that's you, I just want to invite you forward now. Uh, just come forward and, and face me. Maybe one of, I, I don't mind if it's just one person today. I'd love, even if it's just one person, that they would be empowered to, to fulfill the call of God in their life. You've placed your faith in Jesus. You know that you are His. But you lack the power in your life to be able to proclaim Christ with everything. Just come here, come, come face me here. Don't, don't worry about anybody else. This isn't about anybody else. This is actually a moment for you and God. I'm just going to hang a little bit and hold. And hold a little bit longer not for anybody else this isn't for me this isn't even for anybody here it's actually for you for you to just enjoy the wonder of the the gift of God for you